Hey, this is uh, Watch Rewatch. Uh, I'm Sean. I'm John. And we're back for week five. Episode five. Episode five. Season one, episode five. Dot MKV. S O one E O five. Dot MKV. Dot MKV. The the seed to leech ratio on this episode is not good. So uh, we're going to have to get those numbers up. We need more seeders, less leechers. So leechers, fuck off. Yeah. Shout out to the leechers, though, because if it weren't for you, there'd be no. There'd be no show. Yeah. We'd have no show. And uh, thank you very much. You know, donations are coming in. and Yeah. We, we, we're checking the numbers. They look good. Um, yeah. We're you know. getting those screeners, you know. We're, yeah. We're, we're riding high <laughs> off the glory of our. Of our. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Of our, of our podcast that is not up yet. Although, I guess, shout out to our number one fan currently, which is Martin. Oh, yeah. Martin is the only guy listening to the show right now. He loves the episodes. Martin, this one's for you. Thank uh, you, Martin. Thanks, Mart. Marty. Uh, yeah, thank you for having such a great name so I can say Martin. Martin. Yeah, it is a great. That's like, there, there's a couple good directors with the name Martin, too, right? Uh, Martin, Martin Landau? No, actor. That's an actor, yeah. Uh, and then you got... Um, well, there's that other one, but I mean, Ma- Ma- Marty, you got a Marty, you got that movie Marty from the 50s with Ernest Borgnine. Marty McFly. Yeah. So that's like one title we're name dropping right now. That's the movie title, Marty. I want to see like how many movies and TV shows we can like list off in a single episode. Oh my God. Because like there was one a few weeks back where we must have listed like, I don't know, seven or 800 just random throwaway titles. It's true. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to keep track. We'll have to do like a YouTube video where they have a little counter and the thing yeah. like, bing, another yeah, episode. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The leechers can do that. That's it. Oh, yeah. Leechers, leechers, the leech army. <laughs> leech army assemble and uh, take care of that for us. So how you doing, man? What's up? Great. Yeah, good. I mean, uh, week five, right? I watched so much in a week. Uh, yeah, me too, actually. Well, let's. Well, we had a movie that we watched together, but well, what, what have you been watching uh, well, off book? Well, I mean, like philosophically speaking, re- watch, rewatch in that respect. Uh, it took me a whole week to watch Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I put it in as like a greatest hits album. You know what? And this is going to be like, I guess, a travesty for the real Oh, no. Uh, I can already hear it coming. I've only seen oh, no. like a third of that movie. Oh, no. And <laughs> did, uh, well, like, I, and here's the thing. I had the same thing. I kept trying to watch the movie and I would get a third of the way in and I'd get distracted and I just turned it off. Okay. And it's not that it's not a good movie. Okay. Before all the fucking, you know, like. Before people go nuts. Oh, uh, man. People are like fans of, of, of uh, what's his face? Wes so, Anderson. Oh, man. They're like very defensive. But about they're not Garden State fans. No, Garden State's a piece of shit. But though. those fans, like, even though Wes has his whole, like, library of excellent films, just because Braff made one movie, those fans, I feel like, are a lot more awful than the whole legion of people who can like Wes Anderson movies. Yeah, I mean, Zach Braff fans, you got to question your own, you know, well, they, where are you going They crowdfunded life? the second one, right? Yeah, unfortunately. And, and that, was like, that was, like, the first instance of, like, crowdfunding a movie, right? It wasn't the first instance, but I think it was the largest, in, yeah. the, the, the best example of crowdfunding a movie backlash, because he got a lot of yeah, shit for that. right. People Why? were pissed, because they're like, you're a Hollywood actor, you have the money, and he's right. like... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he justified himself, and he's not necessarily wrong in his defense, but at the same time, it was just like, okay, you know, you're crowdfunding your movie, because, you know... They had all these reasons why they wanted to do it that way instead of the studio, and then they came up with this movie that was, you know, I think, like, the general consensus. Wish You Were Here, or Now We Are Here. It was some weird title. Yeah, Wish You Were Here. Or, I, I don't no, know. No, it was... Yeah, it, I'm going to try you know, hard to think about it, but yeah. it didn't make sense. But anyway, yeah. But the, the critical consensus for that movie was, like, basically so twee that it hurts, which is... I think that kind of sums up like most of Zach Braff's career. So twee that it hurts. I mean, you know, it's just like, ugh, like it's okay. We get it. You have emotions and you're sensitive, and like it's like, you know, 
I don't know. Like his movies and his like whole career kind of remind me of like the emo thing that was like in 2004, 2005 when I was at, like at the end of high school. 2000, let's say 2002 to 2004, there was like the real emo like I'm so emotional. I'm the first person to ever go through strife. You know, and it's just like, ugh. That's what I think of when I think of Zach Braff and, like, that whole thing. The in, the entitled, emotional white guy. You, but yeah, exactly. Because, like, isn't it in the movie he's, like, rich anyway and in the Garden State movie? and Yeah. I you know, know, like a guy who comes from, yeah, and he's just like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. Uh. Poor Garden State. Uh, but back to Life Aquatic, I mean, yeah. I, it wasn't that I wasn't watching it for the first time in pieces. It's just I've seen it so many times that, like, I just... I gotta watch. You know what? We'll do maybe a watch rewatch, yeah. and I'll fucking sit through the goddamn for thing for sure. And you know, it's uh, it's a great Bill Murray movie, and it's yeah. got a lot of great little you know moments. But uh, yeah. back to the idea of like just putting on something and watching it in in increments over, you know, over a period of time, like yeah. rewatching uh, that or was the one this week rewatching episodes of uh, Over the Garden Wall. Like yeah, right, because we've been watching that. That's a, a fantastic show that was on Adult Swim, Cartoon Network. Cartoon Network, Cartoon yeah. Network, and it was a 10-part series. Who was the uh, showrunner behind that, the creator? Oh, my God, Patrick something or other. And did he, had he yeah, been working like, on... He, he was like a Cartoon Network uh, staple. I think he did like uh, Adventure Time and uh, Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack. And yeah. I think like he came up with this concept of brothers in uh, purgatory or something, and he made right. it as a short, and they expanded it into Cartoon Network's first miniseries and but, it's a it's a great miniseries but if you that's something seen I it, exactly and that's why I love grabbing people off the street and saying come watch this show because yeah. uh that's the thing I don't know apart from like just IMDBing it I think like I came across it because I was IMDBing Adventure Time and then at the bottom they're like if you like this you'll also like this and mm-hmm. so I found that show and then obviously I seeded and leached and then one thing led to another and then uh now I'm spreading the love yeah it's a great show it's uh I guess for people who haven't seen it, it it it's kind of like the my first impression watching the show was that it was taking like remixing you know folklore and like pagan mythology a little bit into something. It's not really those things, but it has all those elements, you know, with the harvest and like death and like the and you know witches and and all this kind of stuff. It's like this really you know spooky show that's got a lot of heart a lot of humor but he creates his own mythology he really like that whole show exists in its own universe and you and haven't finished it yet and i haven't finished it yet i have two more episodes yeah, to and, go and, that's and great. it's really cool because like you know it, it it feels super thought out the universe feels consistent you know the rules feel consistent you really get a sense that this is has been thought out top to bottom mm-hmm. um so it was really kind of engrossing to see something that that's that's that you know you know, like we we've been talking, we've been shitting on Lost for the last few weeks. But that idea that like when you watch a show that you know has all this promise, but it feels like the universe, the rules of the universe are being made up as you go along. You don't get that impression with Over the Garden Wall. It's really it's it it feels self contained, and they mm-hmm. just they you know it was cool. Yeah, and then you walk into it with that mini series warning, which is like you're not going to get anything more than which what we're great. promising you. I'm a big fan of miniseries. Yeah. But then they made comic books after, and it sucks because you haven't finished the story yet. But it yeah. is a very much you know bookend. It ends. Yeah, it ends. Yeah. Like, there's no... Anyway, they make... Anyway, yeah. Good. Yeah, there you go. People, Over the Garden Wall. So, you know, that's the... I think so, it's three things with four titles we've already name-dropped now. Oh, that's it. Uh, Cedars. No, Leechers. Leechers keep track. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this week, actually, for me, it was a, a Paul Verhoeven week, unexpectedly. Vicky and I were here one night, you know, and I, I just finished a movie recently, and uh, I was still, like, the last couple of days, I was kind of tired. I was like, let's just throw something on. Right. And uh, we're going through Netflix, and then we see uh, um, 
excuse me, basic instinct, which I had never seen. And I actually didn't know it was Paul Verhoeven. So we're like, oh, okay, let's throw it on. Yeah, man. This is what? Yeah, dude. What? I know. I mean, what? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So we throw it on (laughs) and Jesus, fuck, that's a good movie. The first two minutes hooks you. And then the rest of the movie hooks you. San Francisco, Michael Douglas, the John DeVance cinematography, the Jerry Goldsmith score. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's a hell of a movie, man. It's a hell of a ride. It's not perfect no no it's not a you know i mean i think it got shit when it came out you know maybe because it was controversial though now that we've seen you know we're all desensitized but it's still it actually still is kind of shocking even watching it now you're like jesus there's a lot of sex there's a lot of violence like the the opening scene spoiler alert but there's a fucking statute of limitations on spoilers it's 20 years down the line most people have seen it I didn't see it. Anyways, uh, you know, Sharon Stone, like, murders this dude and, like, ice pick through the face. And actually, the guy who did the special effects, it was, uh, it was, um, not Rick Baker. Bob. Oh, my. Rob Batang. Yeah, who was, uh, or Botten. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, the Quebec, that, yeah. This is me living in Quebec for fucking, you know, 10 years now. Um, Rob, Rob. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Phil Tippé. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, everybody now is going to have a French pronounced name no matter. So, um, Paul Verhoeven. Um, anyways, yeah, Rob Batin um, did the, the special effects. He did those in uh, The Thing. He did those, I think, in American Werewolf in Paris. Like, like major, great, kind of like revolutionary physical effects. Sure. And you see it, like the guy gets stabbed through the yeah, nose. Aggressive. Oh, yeah. Aggressive. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I was like, you know, like you said, this is 30 seconds in. You're like, holy yeah. shit. Scandalized and, and oh, fall. Man. It's just, and then uh, I, I I have to admit, I haven't seen all of it. And I actually watched it on Netflix Basic about a Instinct? month ago. Okay. Yeah, on Netflix as well. And I watched Look the first this, I like this confessional that we eat both. Have, they're mov- like yeah. these kind of seminal movies that we haven't seen all of. And uh, I mean, we've seen Basic Instinct at least on channel surfing or uh, right. how, how does culture. That, how does that even, how do they even cut that for TV? Because um, you just have to cut out like like two thirds of the movie. Well, I think they imply it too. So it's just like you know when she uncrosses her legs, there's that cut before they, you see it. They, they cut flesh. to Newman's face. Yeah, exactly. So you know what he's seeing, and like yeah. I think that violent scene is also edited down. That's but, actually true. You could probably cut a, you could cut around most of the sex scenes and, and still it. get the yeah. get the gist. And of like it. I don't know, I feel like movies from like eighty nine to ninety three or even eighty six to ninety three have amazing uh, edits. Amazing pan and scan edits and amazing flight in flight edits and right. TV edits. I find like those movies are edited for TV and have a life of their own. Yeah, like the Die Hard Vengeance. You know, that would actually be kind of interesting to watch the edited pan and scan versions of these movies. Yeah, the this the like modified for TV versions. And like, look at them critically, and yeah. kind of look at those movies as different movies. Because yeah. I know the filmmakers will say this is a travesty; they're ruining what I was trying yeah, to do. Yeah. But Michael Mann says that all the time. He, yeah, he takes his name off. Uh, Alan Smithy. Yeah, I think it was for Mohican. He was like, "No, the widescreen is my only version, the definitive version." Yeah, and, and uh, you know that's yeah. correct. But at the same time, just as a thought exercise, it'd be cool to like yeah. look at those movies and think about them. I enjoyed Magnolia on pan and scan instead of the widescreen. Jesus I, Christ, because that's I, like two thirty-five. Yeah. When, because uh, like the the pan and scan is taking liberties, because like the, yeah, because you have to move from one character yeah, to another and because of how wide that movie is. Yeah, um, I mean, spoiler alert: when it's raining frogs, it's like there's a static shot of the frogs coming down, but the pan and scan is showing you all the frogs, <laughs> and it's like this is so exciting! <laughs> wow, man, uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. But yeah, so uh, Basic Instinct, uh, what a movie, man! Like it, it really, uh, it's that you know 
pot boiler, 90s pot boiler, San Francisco, shot on location in San Francisco. Beautiful film. The locations are gorgeous. Michael Douglas, like in his prime, Michael Douglasness. Um, uh, Sharon Stone, who actually was unknown at the time, she was in uh, Total Recall. And I thought she was known when she was in Total Recall, but she wasn't. She was kind of like a just a, yeah. a random actress playing yeah. that part. And, um, you know, I was reading up about the history of it. She was really kind of hounding Verhoeven to get that part. Okay. And, uh, and she, she, you know, she does a great job. I mean, she's, it's, it's weird because it's, uh, I, I know it got a lot of flack at the time for like the sexual politics. And just the, because there's yeah. like lesbians, uh, there's a, le- her, her lesbian lover or she's bisexual. Yeah. Like the fact that they were painted as villains and stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get that as much. You know, I think maybe now, like it, it actually seemed kind of n- not progressive, but, transgressive i sure. guess it was it was you know the way it kind of explored the sexuality and uh, i don't know it was uh it was just a good kind of old school femme fatale uh mystery you know I d- it felt like a movie that was you know from the 40s or 50s okay. kind of updated right because uh, i know on uh, metacritic i think ebert gave it one out of four or something like that and i think most people wanted the mystery to be solved or they wanted something because I, I i love that ending i don't i don't Remember Spoiler alert, mystery, she but, gets away with it, and she doesn't kill him. But it's she, someone else gets pinned for it, and then you think, oh, this time I, I got her wrong, and then they pan down, and the ice picks under the bed. Yeah, and it's and then, her. And, it's like, and Are you supposed to believe it's her? That's just the implication? Yeah, right? yeah. And that Michael Douglas is about to die off screen? No, I think the implication is she lets it go because she's fallen in love, uh, but then there'll be this, like, Bonnie and Clyde, like, they have this sick, twisted okay. relationship, like yeah. a... Like a you know mirror universe perverse Bonnie and Clyde or something. They're like you know we're you know I don't know. It, but I think it's pretty clear that it is her. She gets away with it, and it's this dark ending. And I was like, I literally like the movie ended. And I was like, Woo, nice. Like they really, I was happy that they went dark and that like they didn't close it off. You know, uh-huh. you couldn't. I don't think you could do that now. I mean, there's that kind of pressure with a studio. You, you you sometimes see movies that go dark, but that was a big budget movie. I think adjusted for inflation, it was like a fifty million dollar budget. Oh, shit. Yeah, which is pretty yeah. big for like a, a dramatic. And film. like you know, Douglas got paid the most on that movie. And oh, then, for like, sure. Even after the movie, he probably got paid even more. Yeah. But I think what that movie did in the '90s or whatever, TV shows are now doing that respects like on tv you can't get away with showing that like just wait yeah. now movies you're not going to get surprised by a movie anymore no unless like you go so old school old school old school yeah like, yeah uh, what was it like people still talk about the matrix how they use practical effects and it's yes like, yeah. Right. yeah yeah <laughs> we're, we're what's not... old is new again and yeah yeah it uh it was a great film though and i couldn't believe that i i i had no idea that it was verhoven okay that and, sounds uh, nuts like you would think like even us leading up to l which we watched last week that, yeah because i'd been googling it and i'd been looking at the imdb but i glossed over the fact that it was verhoven but it was nice because it was kind of a surprise i was watching the film and it was like oh the opening credits and i'm like paul so, verhoven i'm like holy that, shit yeah that's nuts yeah that's really that's really messed up that you kind of just you know happened across happened that title. across a verhoven thing and uh, there's been it's been a weird like at the at our rap party our DP for the film I was working on I won't talk about I don't talk about the movies I work on in any detail but Good. the DP because no it's like <laughs> fuck this shit but the DP I spoke about the DP and we talked about uh, oh. the film we saw this for this week's episode L hey, yeah. and he was he loves Verhoeven okay and he's he's a he's actually Dutch too so okay. I feel like there's maybe a hometown yeah, yeah, connection yeah. yeah yeah but he was like he and I was like seeing his face light up he's like man I can't That's wait great he yeah. was so pumped because to go that was see the it. same day. Uh, sorry, that was the, we saw the movie and then you saw it went to the party after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so it was like it's been this Verhoeven couple of weeks, and uh, I've really well, come even like all our podcasts leading up to this because like Showgirls was our first. Showgirls, yeah. This, this, you know, Verhoeven and it, we we have this Verhoeven to thanks for doing this because uh, 
you know, he's one of those filmmakers that he's working on a bunch of different levels, I think, and he doesn't, he never really got his due. People respect him, and I think they respect him now more, but they think of him as this schlocky filmmaker. And but they that take back his, in the day. Back in the day, and they took his films at this, face value. This week, he's named the president of the Berlin Film Fest, I think. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you look at his movies on Rotten Tomatoes, or if you want, and they're all like rotten. They're all like, yeah. you know, And but then it's, he even said it himself on like a Starship Troopers behind the scenes. It's like, for every movie that he comes out with, there the criticism of his previous film is going to alter it's like oh you yeah. made such a shit why you made this shitty showgirls what what basic instinct was so good oh yeah. you made shitty starship troopers showgirls had all this satire oh you made this shitty hollow man starship troopers had the great satire and so yeah. but now it's i feel like people are now their heroes are gone or whatever mm-hmm. and verhoven uh his movies have aged differently or aged uh yeah he's one of those guys that like all of his films tend to get you know the cultural appreciation and the critical yeah. appreciation improves over time. Right. And like movie to movie, which is strange. But, uh, but yeah, you're not watching Basic Instinct, or at least knowing that, that yeah, I film in his, in his canon, at least going into L, because like going into L, I'm like, this is going to be kind of like Basic Instinct, because there's yeah. no sci-fi element. And it's, yeah, and it's actually totally not like Basic Instinct. That's That was my... It was weird seeing Basic Instinct after. Mm. Seeing L, you know, I can see... I'm glad I didn't have that going in, having that baggage a little bit, because watching Basic Instinct, I was like... I, I Initially, had I seen Basic Instinct first, I think I would have thought L is similar, but having seen it after, L feels wildly different. Yeah. It, you know, and it's because whereas one is like sexy, L is decidedly not sexy. There are moments that play with it, but there's so much baggage. But well, let's get into it. So, um, well, actually, maybe a little early. I don't know. Well, well let's just play it by. I here. mean, we can talk about other stuff. I mean, yeah. I was just thinking about you watching Basic Instinct and then like comparing it because with basic instinct too uh, i remember the first couple minutes it meanders the film like it goes like there's a murder and then the detectives have to go somewhere it's the wrong house and they have to go somewhere else and it's another wrong house and it's setting up this like like labyrinth of back and forth and like san francisco and it's yeah. dark even though it's bright out and i'm like well joe Esterhouse is really getting like paid to like fatten out that script with just like it is nothing a, really is happening but i think it's a two hour and 20 minute movie holy, too holy. it's like it's a pretty it's a it's a it's a hefty film it's uh it's full but uh, yeah it meanders a little bit but it's like all setting the tone exactly and letting you letting you kind of bask in the universe of that show of that movie and that's and, the same team that did showgirls that's baffling it is really because like writer director team, you know, and it's like, yeah, the... it is strange because uh, Showgirls. I think like Showgirls is a, is like insane in a good way, but Basic Instinct's very competently made and pretty pretty on the level. Like in in terms of it's a more traditional film. Showgirls is like really bizarro and like kind of hyper. It was shot out of a circus cannon, and they wanted to see if it was going to land somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really it's a movie. circus cannon kind of movie, whereas. <laughs> You know, Basic Instinct is is much more like measured. Yeah, it's you a, know, it's as, an exacto knife kind of thing, right? Yes, yeah, yeah that's a, that's a good because Basic Instinct reminded me a little bit of you know, and David Fincher fans are probably gonna fucking kill me for saying that, but David, it, it was a Fincher leechers and Fincher fans, leechers and Finchers. <laughs> oh my god, we got a whole mythology for an audience that doesn't exist. I here, like it. Here we go. Uh, but it's okay. I'm gonna create the audience in my mind. Uh, yeah, that's this first sign of psychosis. <laughs> that's it. This show is going to be my slow descent into madness. Mm-hmm. That'll yeah. be the, the B plot. Okay. The well, A plot, I don't know. We'll figure that one out. Next week I'll bring some prescriptions. And <laughs> that's we'll it. Dally in that. That's it. We're going to get tweaked on uh, Percocet. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It it was it reminded me a little bit of Fincher, 
like in that dark because I think mostly the San Francisco vibe from I don't know if Seven was San Francisco. Uh, it was the un, it was like undisclosed New York. Right. Okay. But that it it reminded me visually a little bit okay. of Seven. Yeah. I, I kept thinking about that and that kind of you know moody. I mean, Seven is a lot darker. I think because it's not it's not sexy at all. But like yeah. Um. I mean, I haven't seen Basic Instinct all of it, but Verhoeven he's making San Francisco like. A character in a way, the way he's photographing the, the the film, he's incorporating like the buildings and the and the, and the yeah. locations as as inclusive of what's happening with these characters, right? So Fincher does that a lot too. Yeah, like in the the Social Network, you really get a sense of mm-hmm. of Massachusetts and California and uh, like in um, totally and in in um, in um, oh my god, uh, the the serial killer movie he did Zodiac Zodiac, you really get a sense of San Francisco yeah. in that film. Actually, that's what I'm thinking of. There you go. Um, although it's yeah, he he really yeah he has a good sense of place. Well, Dragon Tattoo. I mean, I don't know that's not your favorite one, but Dragon yeah. Tattoo. It's it, there's every because like every cut of that movie shows a different building or in Sweden or a different mm-hmm. location. And there's just so many buildings in that movie that it just Fight Club too. Actually, he really does like buildings and show yeah yeah and well the uh, with uh, the Fincher fans, I feel like Verhoeven. You know, by the time Verhoeven made Basic Instinct, he was in the middle of maybe cutting his wrist for Alien Three. I don't in ninety one at yeah, that point. Yeah, true. So, I mean, yeah, Fincher was in the process of you know fighting off the studio because that Alien Three is actually one I need to rewatch because I watched it. I watched it for the first time, but long aren't enough there ago. Two editions of it. I think there's like a. I don't know. There's yeah. a few of them. Why yeah, but bother? there's some. Yeah, yeah, I would watch. I would probably watch the theatrical theatrical cut just to see because I think the director's version. It has scenes, but they're like rough cut scenes okay. put in, so they're not like the DI is not done correctly. They're not graded, so they look shitty. I don't want to do that because it'll take me out of the movie. But I want to see kind of the original version just to see if there's anything there, anything salvageable. Yeah, yeah. and to see what a Fincher I can recognize because when I saw it, I wasn't super well versed in in the, the films he'd done. So I don't know. I think it might be worth revisiting at some point. Ugh, um, yeah, and you know, it, I think it has the entire cast of Game of Th- all the old people in Game of Thrones are like middle aged prisoners in that movie. Really? Was it shot in England? I think so, yeah. Definitely. I know the first two. Maybe. Probably. Well, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Alien 3 from Basic Instinct? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we should up our up our, up our our Rotten Tomatoes average in these movies that we're seeing. Then. Yeah, we're not really... We're slumming it a little bit. Uh, it's I mean, okay, though. It takes me a week to watch Life Aquatic. It's a 90-minute movie. I mean, I didn't and that's it. a well-reviewed movie. No, it's also... It's at, that's right on the middle, 56% or something. Really? Actually, another thing, too. Are we looking... realizing, though, that we like trash? Is that what this is? But then Basic Instinct's 50-something percent. Starship Troopers, is, we're right in the middle of of taste of, of people liking everything and then people not liking everything so this is a deep dive into mediocrity or just I'll, finding the middle ground a mediocrity no it's, it, they're not mediocrity mediocrity I'm, I'm, sounds so boring it does no we're i think we're examining a lot of movies that at least rotten tomato fuck rotten tomatoes a little bit i don't sure because it kind of changed I, a lot of people's perceptions and i don't you know. I, and i don't like the idea of fucking averaging out a yeah. movie score because yeah. then it's like what does that mean like cuz all it means when you get a high rotten tomatoes yeah. is that most critics like it and I'm like, uh, you know, and, and there's then, some movies that score really badly that sure. I think are great. Yeah. But now we're in a time where, like, if you were to look up the Rotten Tomato score of Starship Troopers versus Civil War, yeah. the Starship Troopers score is going to have reviews from 1997, not 200 fucking thousand user reviews that are now constituted as real reviews in yeah. Civil War. So now, like, the, it, it's But diluted. they still separate uh, critics and users. On Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, but I mean, but now a user... Are you talking about Metacritic? No, no, Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten but a tomatoes. user could be like, no, 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 I'm not a user. I have a website. 
and it's like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on Waffle Jam or I'm on uh, Cinnabuds. Yeah, but they vet they vet them a little bit. Like I, there's, and they'll also have a subsection called Top Critics. I know there's that the Top like, Critic stuff, but like, like but yeah. still, you can you can uh, there's be a lot that of guy yeah. to fatten out someone's review. Yeah. And it's like a couple weeks back we talked about when Sony did in 2000 making up that reviewer. Yes, talking how Rob Schneider and Heath Ledger were the best things to come around this summer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I feel like you know Civil War was something I was just. Uh, 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 Guffawed. I was like, holy shit, this is 90 some odd percent and yeah. billions of dollars later. And it's like, it's the Captain America third movie. And yet it just seems like a um, like a Russian roulette of uh, which character we're going to jump to next. Yeah, well, that's it. That's like every other Marvel movie. Because, you know, to be fair, I actually like, as far as superhero movies go, Marvel's doing a better job. But my problem is every, for every genuinely good movie they have, like, I like the first Thor because it's this fucking batshit rainbow bridge crazy like super super fun and weird like su- like Dutch actually Dutched angles when they filmed it that was fun but then you get movies like Civil War where it's like Civil War feels like marketing for all the other Mar- Marvel movies yeah. you're like this is like the only reason it exists is to sell the upcoming yeah. Infinity War and like take Little Keith for example and he's like yeah. he doesn't care for movies necessarily like the fact that Rogue One is coming out this week maybe he's excited for that but I'm, like I I am. Yeah. But then, uh, <laughs> but uh, but then, yeah, you look at Civil War, he's like, he's read the books, he's, or he's read the, the comics, and he's like, well, I still got to see it. And it's like, regardless of his, uh, you know, position on seeing this movie or not, he's got to see it because mm-hmm. there's something of what's pulling him towards him. Like, there's no stakes. There's, you know what's going to happen? And he goes, well, yeah. I just want to see how they do it. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really the curse of the superhero movie. And that's actually why I like the Star Wars universe as a franchise more, is that you don't actually know exactly where it's going to go. And it's not always... Because, like, every every Marvel movie is always the third act, a giant fuck, fuck fest of CGI. It's, it's, it's the sky fuck. It's the sky implosion. It's like... Yeah, uh, there's always some fucking weird aliens from the sky. The world is going to explode. And that's why some of the other movies, like Iron Man 3, is a slightly smaller film. It's Shane Black all the way through. And a lot of people hated the movie because most of it's like Iron Man in some small well, town. Well, it broke away from canon just to, like, be different. Yeah, and, and it had it was kind of more of a character piece. And I think the best superhero movies are the best any of those kind of movies when they, they make the story small again. When you have a little story. That's why I'm, I think Logan, the upcoming... Hugh Jackman Wolverine film might actually be good because oh, the Lord. idea is that it's supposed to be a, it's a small story it's yeah, set yeah. in this small southern town I'm like okay that's kind of at least they're 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 getting away from this like it the world the fate of yeah. the world is a rest upon you and you know like I I don't care I don't really give a shit and Star Wars there's you know you have a whole universe where you can tell these stories so you could do a, a you know a western or whatever but I like that you don't like you you're not you don't like Star Wars eh it's not that I don't like it it's like they don't need me. To hold the sign for it, you know? Yeah, Like, yeah, I'll yeah. have other people do that for me. But No, no, no. But do you... Because if you kind of don't like Star Wars, I love that. Because I want to do a rewatch. If you... Especially... Are you a little cynical about Star Wars? I mean, it's... Please, you can be honest. Because I, I think this is... There's some stuff you like that I don't like. I like I, the contrast. I mean, it depends on the Star Wars. Like, I know that... I Original know, trilogy. I know the... I'd like to watch the first Star Wars. The New Hope. I mean, yeah. I'm sure I'd laugh at it. And uh, I know Jedi's a bit much i want to do here here's what i was thinking i think for for a future episode what i'd like to do is two films return of the jedi and rogue one okay so oh yeah we don't have to see we see them whenever we see them but we do that for an episode because especially if you're cold on star wars i like that i really like that because i'm a huge star wars guy and so i want to see that i want to hear that That, i hope you have some like withering criticism i'm gonna have to dig deep for that i mean it's not like we're watching uh Oh God! I mean, maybe Star Trek I hate more than Star Wars, but Star Wars I think it's more the um, 
the, the devotion, right? Just the, the yeah. And like, I really feel like they're not, they're like really pick. They're a, what do they call it in Alberta? They're a, fracking fracking yeah not fracking but it's it's oil sands there you go yeah they're you're fracking that franchise to to death like it's like well here's a star wars story and like i you know in five years christ almighty uh, star lord and a young han solo are going to be in the same effing movie like a crossover alden elker alden Alden, i can't pronounce his goddamn name Uh, elden elden eichmann and chris pratt are going to be in their own movie you know marvel lucasfilm oh my god if they cross if they cross over those two universes it's dead it's over well they they actually don't think they ever will but i like the idea that like it is true that's what's going to happen marketing juggernauts it's i mean imagine the imagine the numbers on that movie the (sighs) star wars marvel the, the backlash would be huge though because Marvel fans and Star Wars fans, so you reduce it. You do it on the Disney Channel. You don't make a movie. Uh, you in do that it universe. as a CGI animated show or something. There like, you go. Like, like Star something, Wars Rebels. There you go. Something smaller, but still exists as a property. So it's just like, a kind of like yeah. So you, a, 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 a cinematic universe, just the tip. Yeah, and then after five years of like of how it's doing, they'll turn that show into a, a movie. Oh boy. So that's you know you know we're gonna pack my bags. I'm gonna go to Los Angeles and I'm gonna pitch that idea with my yeah. other Disney ideas. <laughs> That's it. This is going to be the ultimate crossover. Oh my god. If that happens, I'm done. I'm out. I'm going to move to Antarctica and give up on movies. Or just, you know, turn off the screen and No, I'm never turning off the screen. <laughs> oh jeez, that screen. There's so many. Jesus fuck. Yeah, that would that would that would Oh boy. Yeah, that wouldn't be I hope they don't do that. Now you got me worried about that big crossover. Yeah. Well, I mean, just look how it's it's insane cuz like uh, I remember when uh, Lucasfilm was bought by Disney. I remember that day, and four it, billion, which is a fucking steal if you think about it. It is a steal for sure, especially because yeah. uh, I think the next day every juice box had uh, had a had a fucking Star Wars character on it, and yeah. uh, I, I and uh, I, I remember Leia, bang, Disney princess, like bang, like right away, like she's now a Disney princess. Like it was insane. Wow. Like uh, I think the Disney Infinity uh, game. It's one of those Skylander things where you buy the little figurines and you put it on your system and you can, you know. I, I have no idea, but I'm you don't know what I'm talking about. Go with it. Go with it. Whatever. Tell me. It's it, you for forty bucks. You can buy like a Jack Skellington or a Jack Sparrow or a Mickey Mouse and you put it on a on a pad and that character's in, what information gets on a game and you play that game across other. Uh, it's like Pokemon but with Disney characters. Whoa, dude! I had no idea. I gotta Google this. This okay. sounds Disney Infinity, and because Whoa. of the Disney universe, they have Marvel characters, Star Wars characters, Disney property characters. So the crossovers already started. Exactly. Yeah, and oh, so Jesus, Le- Leia's there, and it's like, um, it's it's crazy too. The Disney princess idea too, because Mulan and Alice from Alice in Wonderland are not princesses, mm-hmm. but they are part of that Disney princess garbage or uh you know pantheon and now leia's in there too and um oh no yeah i don't know what i'm mad about but i just think that's no but now i'm mad about it because it's now all these i feel like all the twine of creativity is now like so tight around one another that now there's no creativity left so now we just have to pull and pull until the fucking string breaks until we're just one big uh conglomerate of ideas it's like kind of like my idea for the lost finale was that i just wanted them to be jumping to every season you know like the last right. episode of lost was that they go back to the pilot they go back to the hatch they just go through like the most confusing episode they could have ever have come up with should have been that finale like a narrative clip show or something yeah exactly absolutely yes and they're fucking up time as they're trying to get off the island like i wanted a show that when you look back on it you're standing on the cliff but there's nothing behind you that's kind of what i wanted lost the finale of lost to be just go yeah. out so confusingly but yeah. now you know netflix could revive it or revise it 
They could, although I don't think it deserves to be revived. I think, like, that's... I mean, honestly, let's be real. Most of the stuff Netflix has revived should have stayed dead. Uh, no more girls wow, should have stayed dead. You're absolutely. Arrested Development should've, was was pretty. It was, yeah, it was. Downer. Yeah, well, yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, yeah. there were moments that were really funny, yeah. but it's like it was the Tobias show. Ultimately, it was like whatever actor was more available. Yeah, that was that person. Yeah, show. yeah, and it was like just let it be, man. You had I'm trying to think th- what else. Like even Fuller House apparently is. Oh, Fuller House shouldn't have come back. There's, I mean, most of the shows they've revived. I'm trying to think if there's anything they've revived that was worthy. I don't know, but you know. um Arrested Development was one of the few comedy shows that had a perfect track record. The first three seasons, there's not a bad episode. Every single episode is not just good, it's great. Mm. And it, you can rewatch that show over and over and over and still find new stuff. It's so dense and funny and amazing, and it benefits from the fact that it's a 22-minute show, right? Because then Netflix comes along, they're like, you can have... Th-, and some of those episodes are like 39 Whoa, minutes. the fourth season. Yeah, then the fourth season. Too long. You get no... Because, you know, before you had to layer those jokes and really have them stacked and then you get all this room to breathe and it doesn't really work the pacing is different it's weird i mean and i I respect everybody that makes that show they're all talented people but it was just one of those things where the you can the the perfect track record of the the first three seasons was then tarnished because season four isn't perfect yeah but then you go why but why did we need it i mean like remember they needed the movie and i remember the movie was never happening and then uh, fox didn't know if they were going to do the i think netflix uh jumped at the chance and it's just in that situation are you making the show because there is a chance you might make a little bit of profit are you making the show because you want to just keep working on this on this project and you want to see how far it goes well i think it got canceled too soon so people felt maybe the people making it felt it was canceled too soon but i think enough time has passed and enough variables have changed that yeah, you, you can't, can't just jump right back in no yeah. well and, it's like when you go in a pool and you spend an hour in there and you go out to dry up and you jump back in the pool it's just, you're miserable again right yeah that's yeah, a good metaphor yeah. right that's, that's yeah it's bad. true because you can never get that feeling of the first jump in you right know? or feeling comfortable right away you can't just jump back into the, the thing but no. uh, and and I just, I mean, I feel like the culture of nostalgia we live in now, I mean, people our age, I'm, you know, we're about 30 years old now, everybody's revisiting, that's why all these shows are coming back, you know, it's 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 a toilet, it, 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 oh. it there's, there's... It's a it's a boiling toilet, if it's a melting pot, or like you just say, <laughs> the, the, the toilet it, pot? Uh, it is a toilet pot, this whole thing, <laughs> we're making that a new term, it's a fucking toilet pot, and the turds are boiling, I tell you. Oh ya. my god, it, yeah. it is. Skittles are floating up out of them, <laughs> out of them. it's pretty Ryan said. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the, I'm just... It's it's weird because people are now grateful for having these these uh, you know properties come back and it's like there's a sense of entitlement there's a sense of yeah. you know attachment that oh I get to you know relive this and how dare you do that because the Gilmore Girls revival it's bad it's really bad but, but the night the last season of Gilmore Girls was also incredibly bad because the showrunner was kicked the, the do you know how the last season of Gilmore Girls worked out no uh, Amy Sherman Palladino was and her husband. I don't remember if that's her name, but she and her husband were uh, trying to negotiate. Uh, I think two more seasons after the, because I think it's seven seasons. So in the sixth season, they're negotiating. I think two more seasons, and they're like, "No, that's too costly. We're going to make one." And then she's like, "Well, f- screw you guys." And then I think there was like she had to leave, and so they got someone else to take over the show. And then that person just tanked the show, and Warner Brothers didn't get the two seasons they wanted. They still ended up with one season that cost as much as if they should have kept Sh- Paladino. Oh boy. So anyway, so the the show did. All these terrible things. They made uh, Lorelai go back to her terrible husband, and Rory was dating someone who wasn't interesting. And so I feel like because they brought the original creator back for the Netflix revival, it was like a do-over. Exactly. Right. But then again, it's like 
how many years since the original Gilmore Girls went off? Like ten years or something? Oh, at People's least people's taste and change in things, and that kind, of, and that, in, in listening to that kind of dialogue and that kind of like the Quentin Tarantino, sure. Aaron Sorkin, like or everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody talks like the the showrunner or the, yeah, the main. or they don't t- they don't sound like real people. No, but it, I mean, but yeah so people like why wouldn't you just want to just rewatch Gilmore Girls why need to continue the story because even like spoiler alert because our lives are empty <laughs> yeah well I don't know like, it? like I, when is, I come home from work I'm I go right to my uh, a bad animation like American Dad or Family Guy or mm-hmm. I think that's all I do these days American Dad or Family Guy something that's like culturally considered to be kind of shitty yeah and there's something about seth mcfarland's humor where i just i get it like he's he he's on i'm on his side and he's on my side like he knows where the injustices are and and even if they're like 15 second cutaways of like some parking lot attendant getting shit on i'm like i need that sounds funny i haven't seen because you know yeah i'm not a big set but you know i i need to i haven't watched any like current seth mcfarland i saw family guy when it was first on and it was quite funny yeah and then it but got canceled that, and came back. back That's the, actually the, the, the first initial big revival. One. Like, look yeah. at that. Like that died, and then they brought it back, and then they killed it again, and then they brought it back, and now family. Wait, did it get canceled a second time? Yeah, I think so. They, if, I think Fox canceled it twice. Really? Yeah. And uh, there's a great episode, I think, in season six or seven, where they've come back for the second time. And Family Guy, it's like they've just woken up or something. And I think the joke is, oh, what about all our favorite shows? Are these shows on? And they're listing what must be about 50 shows that have since been canceled on Fox with Family Guy coming back for the second time. And it's just, it's crazy how... Fox would make those decisions to bring back a show that they initially didn't like because of the numbers. And I guess the numbers thing changed a lot of uh, um, people's minds of what shows to keep and what shows not to keep. Because, like, mm-hmm. uh, I think Lost was, like, 18 million the first week, and then the next season was, like, 8 million. You lose, like, 12 million the next yeah. season. Yeah, although that's really good if you compare it to, like, like cable numbers, which are, you know... In the low millions. When Home Improvement was on, I think it was like thirty million a week. Holy shit! I think did you? I, I think Home Improvement was more watched than Seinfeld. But who the hell talks about Home Improvement anymore? Hey man, it had Wilson. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it had Tim Allen and yeah. uh, and Patricia Heaton, who I think oh, is the yeah. president of Sagna. And all the three kids like yeah. all had weird fucked up like adult lives yeah, because of that the, show. The little one. He was a goth. He was... Uh, For a little bit. Oh, no, he was a goth in the show. I actually thought that was real life. Never mind. No, that kid was... I think he was like a skater goth. He had like the... Oh, the, in real life. Yeah, and he had like the mushroom cloud hair. You know, like oh the... like the, I had a mushroom cut back in the 90s. Well, like, those no, pictures I burned. Not a mushroom cut. Mushroom cloud. Like, it's all poofy and wild. Oh, okay. And he kind of looks like... I got yeah, you. And, like uh, bleached and like big and... Not even bleached. Just like oh. dirty brown curly and like... I have no idea what He's lan- lanky as hell and... Uh, I think, yeah, him and his... I think he had like a... Zach, Zachary Ty Bryan? Not, not Chris Farley. Not Chris Farley. Did he turn into Chris Farley? He Did kinda, he get, didn't he? He, he must have. He he must, have. With he, three chins or something. He embiggened a little bit. Yeah, he embiggened. <laughs> yeah, and then and then JTT hovered around. Uh, right, he was the he was the real like teen star there. He for was a while. the reason I think people watched it. Yeah, but he, what amazed me about that show was that JT, JTT was the only kid. Randy was the only kid in that family. Like, was he adopted? He doesn't look like Tim or the other wife. Like the other children. Like maybe I could see them, but like right. it's just like. The casting of Jonathan Taylor Thomas on that show broke me out of the reality of that family. Like, that kid does not look like that. That was the mom had an affair with Wilson and had Maybe. that kid. And they hid the face to cover it up. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. That's you a know? conspiracy theory I'm going to start now. Yep. Forget Pizzagate. I'm talking about the JTT Wilson conspiracy. Yeah, that's Ryan Murphy doing a season of uh, home, the making of Home Improvement. Yeah. 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 He's going to cast, um, um, who's Ryan Murphy regular? Oh, God. Uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow was Tim Allen. <laughs> 
And I, I'd watch that. I'd definitely yeah, watch I would that. I'd watch that too. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, uh, talented actresses doing strange things, uh, we're going to talk about L. Oh, we're, we're at that time. We're we? at that time. L. L. was a you know circling back around to Verhoeven. Um, uh, the actress in the show. You'll have to help me with her name because I'm I'm bad with it. Oh, français. But here we are. Yeah, Isabelle Huppert. Huppert. Like Isabelle Saint, like, Huppert. Like in Quebec, we have Saint Hubert. She's Saint Hubert. She's uh, well, she's she's Hubert, and this is Hubert. She is a movie star. She's a uh, an actress, une comédienne. Uh, yeah. She wins the César every year just because. <laughs> well, yeah, and I I didn't know a thing about her going into this film. Well, if 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 anyone's listening to this, the leechers, if you're listening to this, you've probably already leached L already because at this point the screeners are all out. But like, if you've seen, we're not it, encouraging that, by the way. No. But it's for that the, time of year. For it's that time of year. For the record, go see it in movie theaters or rent it on Apple Last TV. Last week I paid. 50 bucks, I think, to go see movies on a Friday and a Saturday. I saw Manchester by the Sea, which is like another critical darling this year. And then we saw Elle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, I feel like I've contributed to the art scene, the art yeah. community by seeing these. You yeah, know. these small films. No, go to your local cinema, watch an art film. You might, you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. We, we went to go see Elle together in the, in the cinema. Yeah, in, with subtitles. With subtitles. And holy shit. I, I guess for anybody who's not aware of Elle... It's been destri- described as a rape revenge comedy. Yeah. And I know that sounds off-putting, and the movie is off-putting, but it also works, and it's one of the most daring things I've seen this year. And uh, it really, for, for my money, all of that, it's on Isabelle Huppert. She fucking kills it. She's amazing in that movie. I have not seen a performance uh, like that in a long time. It's a dangerous movie. It's a dangerous it's, movie it's a, to talk about. It's, it's a dangerous movie to talk about, man. The sexual politics in that movie. You really, I feel like you oh. could expose yourself uh, as a, as just like a passive observer. Like, if, yeah. if you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because... There was there was one I want to I mean if this is going to be spoiler heavy I'm sure but like not not to bring up spoilers but there are moments where she's um, turned on by her attacker yeah and I don't know if you know what scene I'm talking about where she has the binoculars yes Verhoeven just focuses on her until she's complete and yeah and I just that, I know that's tattooed in my brain now you know what I mean yeah. it's like seeing a homeless person take a shit in a corner it's like I can't erase that from my memory no. but not I'm equating the two together no it's a really hard movie to watch in a lot of ways and it it, it makes you feel a lot of different things the fact that it is funny and disarming and uh that it plays with these kind of archetypes of like the rape because like look let's you know rape as a plot device is fucking tired it's been done to death you know you have all those films like i spit on your grave and and straw dogs and whatever the rape revenge movie is really 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 tired but this is kind of the first time i've seen a movie using rape in a way that it i i i i don't know I can't say that it's good, but it certainly fucking challenges you when you watch the movie. The movie itself, I think, is a great movie, but you know the content and how I feel about it and the the kind of moralistic framework it's working with. I don't know. I no. still don't know how to feel about it's it. It's a it's a it's a fantasy. This movie. It's like a science fiction because well, first yeah. of all, the, the there's a convoluted excuse for why our heroine uh, Michelle Isabel Huppert yeah. doesn't is responding to the attacks the way she is because of some thing yeah. in her life and how she can't trust authorities. But just how she handles, like, that experience and how she turns it and manipulates it uh, in her favor because, I guess, in her background, she doesn't want to be a victim anymore. Yeah, there's, like, I mean, you certainly, there's more agency placed 
on the victim in this movie than you usually get in those movies. And like the the I, I don't know, it's still like the sexual politics of that movie, man. It it like I'm still and uncomfortable. And then you have Fairhoven, which is so nuts because like you have that circus canon showgirls always in yes. the back of your mind. Yeah. And then you see Verhoeven. It's a straight ahead like art film, kind of like it's a very small European film. It doesn't really feel like I, maybe it feels like some of his early stuff. I never saw Spetters or there's like his first. Flesh and Blood is like this. Yeah, he, but Verhoeven's always had that brass brash. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's had circus that circus cannon. Yeah, circus can. He really is a circus can, but it's not. You don't get that. You don't get. It's not showy. It's not. It's very beautifully staged with the cinematography and the acting is incredible all around. And you don't get that kind of. You get a couple of hints of it that's mm-hmm. him, but it's it's more straight ahead and he lets the story do the work and he lets Isab- Isabelle Hubert, who really just she she dominates what every is, scene. I she's don't know in. if it's me and my sensibility, but her sarcasm, her her. Uh, cutting down of people it's like, witheringly she funny d- she doesn't just shit on men she just shits on anyone who she doesn't suffer fools and I think this is the, yes. one of the like major characters I've ever seen who I just identified with so much and I was like I wanted to be her friend I yeah. wanted to see her just criticize people all day because it's yeah uh, it, 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 it absolutely it and it's some of the, the the darkest blackest funniest stuff i've seen in a long time and that's where like that comedy angle comes in you go you can't do a movie like this and that's where i think you know he's treading in dangerous waters a little bit with mm-hmm. this film because yeah. of the, the the way he's approaching it and uh, like I said, I, I don't know what the takeaway is. I think it's a great film. I think it's worth seeing, you know, if you know what you're going to deal with. It's not going to be an easy watch if you're no, like, you but know. it's Verhoeven, which is so He's odd. never really an easy watch like, either. Like, you take out Paul Verhoeven, make L directed by Paul Feig, you know. Oh, and God. Like, imagine, imagine, no, imagine that's the same movie we watched, but the name Paul Feig comes on at the end. You'd be like, what is this jerk doing? Like, yeah. who does he think he is? But yeah. because it's Verhoeven, maybe yeah. we're looking at it with, like, you It's know, true, because he has a history of being a button pusher yeah. and, you know. And I think honestly, this is the furthest he's ever taken it in a film. Yeah, like With, it, while being so res, uh, restrained, restrained. Yeah, yeah formally. Anyways, yeah. he's not. He's not. He's not going crazy because you know he would. He would take all his other films to the to the limit, but also with like how they were put together. They have the cinematography yeah. was showy, the music was showy, the special the effects were yeah, showy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is is very you know it's 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 pretty restrained. It's more. Um, they they imply things. They don't necessarily show things super graphically, but it almost makes it worse. Like it, it 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 you know the and and it doesn't give you a ton of easy answers with the, how things play out and and you're left wondering about people's motivations. Yeah, it, it's it it's one of those films that's worth seeing just to see uh, somebody really taking a chance and seeing Isabel Huppert really like you know people all the time at the Oscars people say oh it was a fearless performance. Yeah. this truly yeah. was a fearless performance. This isn't hyperbole. She's she's if she doesn't get a Best Actress nom then, you know, fuck off the Academy because this is, it really, like, it deserves a nom. And she, I honestly think out of all the contenders this year, she she should win. She probably won't win. She, have you seen I Heart Huckabees? Actually, no, I haven't. Um, is she in it? She's in it. And, oh. she, and she's uh, she's one of the uh, existential, she's like an existential detective in it. And right. she's, uh, you know, she same kind of character. Like, you know, cool as a cucumber, f- French, she's from, uh, she's across the pond. And she's, uh, you know, uh, she's uh, malicious and she's, uh, you know, stirring the pot a lot in that movie. And, uh, you know, I got that sense in L, but like, that's just Isabelle's. 
I guess her, her vibe. Lord, yeah, her, yeah, her vibe. And it's just, you get this, she doesn't suffer fools. And in this movie, she's so, I feel like she's, when she makes jokes in the movie, she doesn't, she's making them for herself, even though she's not laughing. And like mm-hmm. the relationships with her, with her son and her mother and uh, her ex-husband. And it's just her relationships with people. It's, it's just, it has one of the best family dynamics I've seen in a movie in a long yeah, time. Yeah. The, the you son get a real dynamic. Se- oh yeah. And you get a real sense of that family. Yeah. And, and it, and that's, I think where a lot of the humor is, is with the family. It's, and, it's hilarious. Um, Narr- the narrative of the movie takes place a, a week before Christmas. Yeah. And, and it feels so huge. It feels like the biggest moment in this woman's life. It feels like this movie is taking place over years yeah. for this woman who just, it's not about the rape, because the movie opens with the rape, right? And yes. Like over yeah. credits, you're hearing it. And Ugh. formally, yeah. like, you know, Verhoeven doesn't want to show it as much as he, he you know, heightened, it makes it a part of the the experience but like i think we saw a lady leave the movie oh yeah first time. first five minutes a lady walked out and you know what i don't blame her because i mean it's not why would you want to sit through why that? would you want to sit through that But then that's the other thing it's like if you want to challenge yourself as a film goer and it's like you can always say oh this is a movie yeah but i mean if you can sit there and stomach some of those moments then it's yeah you know, it's worth it in the end but yeah no it's a it's a i wouldn't say it's rewarding but it's definitely i'm glad that i saw it and i'm glad to see kind of the the kind of work that verhoven and huper and the rest of the cat i don't know the guy who plays the the bad guy he's also very good i looked good. him up and this was like pretty much his like breakout role like yeah. he's been in some you know across the pond stuff but yeah no it was really it's a very well cast well directed incredibly acted uh yeah it's it's a film that i, I wouldn't don't, watch I, again i wouldn't watch it again either i mean i would watch it in like hypothetically film school you know again if that was yeah a thing. if i had to but yeah it, it's like it, it, i watched that scene with her in the binoculars again yeah that oof, yeah i don't know there's so much subtext in that i don't know if i can and like it. i loved I, I i'd make a cut of the scenes with her uh shitting on people like yes. a youtube cut of like of just her insulting people and, and when and her the, son and the, her disdain her disdain for the for the 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 son's uh, girlfriend and oh, yeah. uh and she's doing apartment hunting and uh, oh, just that man. and Verhoeven knows exactly how extreme these people need to be and yeah. oh, I was just uh, it yeah. was interesting I yeah. think ultimately my biggest downfall with this movie was bringing in Verhoeven baggage and yes. expecting certain things yeah like there are parts where she buys the mace and she buys an axe and I'm like oh this it's is gonna, gonna go come up ultra violence and or then something. it never no, does no. no I mean it, there, there are there is violence there's violence but yeah like it's there is dread and you never know when something's yeah. gonna happen and but when yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, most of the violence is like kind of narrative and not Holy explicit. Holy shit! And that video game they're working on. Oh yeah. Are there video games like that? No, that was weird. That was one of those like weird <laughs> French movie things where you're like, uh, even an, a... I, I know people from France that work in video games here in town, and I'm like, even then, it's not that weird. The there. video and like it's the... a strange choice with that. That yeah. threw me a little bit because I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm a video game guy, so I was like, what is? She's this? really working on like this this sprites uh, rape scene. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, there's like a rape scene in the video game and like. I don't know. There's a lot of like layers to the to the. Kind the poster of... of the movie too is her holding the cat, and then I thought because oh, yeah. there's a bit in the movie because I think the cat witnesses the rape, and she's like she picks up the cat and she's like, why didn't you scratch out the cat the, the the guy's eyes? And I thought she was gonna like twist the neck of the cat or yeah. something, but she no, she, no, she never really turned evil. No, 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 not at all. And uh... but I loved how. I mean, this is, we're going to go full spoiler here because I don't know if we're ever going to talk about the movie. Of, well, uh, and uh, I mean, poor Martin. I don't want him to spoil it off, but like, yeah. Well, she sets up a lot let, of traps. I like the yeah, traps she yeah, sets Yeah, because I don't want to. I mean, I don't mind spoiling old movies, but I do I do feel like even newer films, I just want to keep something for, some for anybody, yeah. if anybody listens to the show, just so they're not like, well, fuck you. Right. I mean, it is a spoiler heavy show. Sure. Um, for sure. <laughs> I mean, they could just press pause and then a week later return to us. That's what I did with Life Aquatic. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you know, I do that with my podcast sometimes too. Listen to some yeah. of them, and then once that high pitch voice goes too high, I'm like, oh, I'm just yeah. put you aside for now. 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's coming out this week? Rogue One. Rogue One. I'm going to see that at the Cinema VIP. Oh whoa! Yeah, in Ottawa actually. Okay. I've seen it with my brother, my sister. You're going this weekend. Uh, this coming Friday. But just just to put a button on L. Uh, you know, great film. I think go see it if you can. See it in theaters if you can. Um, I'm sure this isn't the last time we're going to talk about it. I mean, it'll no. be the last time for now, but then like in it'll come four up four weeks. When it's burned close. into my brain forever, yeah. and it's like requiem for a dream. I'm not going to unsee it, kind of thing. Right. Uh, so yeah, I I say go see it with the caveat that like it's not going to be a super enjoyable experience, but it might be. It's uh, fascinating. It's fascinating, and and seeing Isabel Huppert's performance is oh, satisfying to yeah. see somebody just do something so well. She fucking crushes. She it. says the things you want. You wish you could say in real life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some of the stuff. Those moments where you just want to stand up and deliver. (laughs) Oh, my God. She just, it's like just razor sharp wit. And And she's always this, and she's always cool as a cucumber. She never like. Smooth operator. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never like really shrill. You know, and I kept thinking about Nomi Malone and Showgirls. Compare all Verhoeven's heroines. Yeah. Like, this is his best by a long shot. Holy shit. This is like the strongest character he's ever done. But then look at this. This is his calling card to now make what now he can go back to making showgirls you know what i mean it's like i can i can prove to the art house community i can make a kind of yeah. this movie but i hope he keeps making movies in france actually i like the vibe i like the the mix like verhoven being dutch he did like an intensive he learned french in like what four weeks or something yeah and then made a movie in france in french that is like you wouldn't know it it's, was made uh, by a, yeah. by a guy who's not even of that culture and that and it, it it actually feels particularly french too and like i was reading i guess somewhere i came across that the production was uh, you know a seamless kind of operation he made it was very jovial everyone was having you know he worked well yeah. with the crew and yeah. uh i think i read too that he was intending to shoot it in the states and he had like reese witherspoon and scarlet and yeah there was people. trouble with financiers and but stuff then, here. And actresses not wanting to do the role obviously and because yeah. he was like i guess formally friends with isabelle Huppert, and she was like oh on peut faire ça ensemble. and she yeah. and he was like okay let's try it out yeah and like yeah good Fearless. for her yeah because like, she really is like she Fearless is for taking it on and absolutely every day being in the role of this movie. Yeah, I can't imagine that the kind of work necessary for an actor to do a film like that, and she deserves all the credit for really like. Why would she make it other than to like just be creative and to try something new? Like I find like some people like oh, I want the trophy or I want the accolade, no. but it's like it's a masterclass in really like in in, in a, a performance in a, in a, in the performance and and in a really kind of multifaceted, pretty deep character that like. And like jarring sometimes, but yeah. So uh, L, great film, go see it. Um, yeah, the headiest Verhoeven I've ever seen. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, probably I'll ever see. Yeah. So the the plan, I guess, then going in for next week, yeah, I'm just gonna see Star Wars uh, on the on the we opening. We should finish day. over the Garden Wall too. We'll finish over the Garden Wall because I do want to talk about minutes. that. Yeah, like I want to talk each. about that. Um, I, the Star Wars. I'm gonna see Star Wars on the 16th, and then I was thinking doing a Star Wars special. There you go, a special episode. Yeah. And even if I don't know, it might be too ambitious to see all three of the films, but we can at least do one and one at some point because we can make we can do it over time. And watch right, the film because right. I'm I'm off now. Yeah, yeah. So and like I'll I'll build up my vitriol for it. You know, that, that's like, what I'm saying. I want to I want to I want that like that John Fraser like snark well, coming out at that oh, movie. Oh wow, yeah, that's I want to see. Well, have you seen you know remember that uh, Everything Wrong with compilation. Yeah, I don't like those. That guy for the Force Awakens uh, one was spot fucking on. I was like, yes, yes. Really? Because like I find time, every time the ding went up, I was like, yes. 
Because everything wrong, I find my beef with everything wrong is that he has these points that are just he stupid nitpicks. Like yeah, there there are some really dumb nitpicks. They're yeah. dumb nitpicks because he has to add the counter. And I'm like, if you just cut out all the stupid nitpicks, you could have a kind of condensed version that has all the stuff. But then maybe there wouldn't be enough for like a three minute video. Right. You no. know. So that's where my I'm like, you know what? You could talk at length about four or five things that are really wrong with that movie. Um, but I want to do a Star Wars special because I want to get the contrast sure. between the super fan and your little cold yeah. on it. And I like that. That's and I'm pretty sure the leechers love Star Wars. You know, the Star Leechers, Wars is a good like property to get people yeah, in on our side. Yeah, Martin loves Star Wars. So there you go. That's yeah. it. So I mean, we'll get my I'll get my midi chlorians all lined up. Oh my, my god. Yeah. And uh, what's another thing? They got some uh, Jawas I can thing and I got Boutini. I got Boutini. Okay. It's like a little Jawa thing they yell. I don't know. And I got some um Sandworms, or is that from Beetlejuice? No, sandworms are from Beetlejuice, but there is the Sarlacc pit, okay, which is the big fucking you know butthole yeah. in the sand. And um, then uh, you got uh, Lando is the president of Cal of Cloud City. Yeah, he's yeah Cloud City. Okay, let's see, let's see what else you got. Uh, I got um, you got uh, you speed got, round. You got the Ewoks, right? And yep. then you got these. Uh, then you got the the rebels. Yep. And then you got the. Um, you got the Death Star. Yeah. You got oh Mose Eisley. That's that's yeah. that's Yoda. The cantina. That, that's Yoda's. Uh, that's Yoda's crib. Nope. Damn it. Uh, Mose... Dagobah. <laughs> Come on, John. And then you got uh, you got Aunt Laura and Uncle Owen. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's it's a. a uh, <laughs> I know uh, the Uncle Owen is a thing. Uncle Owen. I don't know if it's, it's Aunt Beru. Aunt okay. Beru. And then you got. And they uh, get crisped. Yeah, that happens. And then there's um, oh my God, there's uh, there's General um, Duku. From the Count Dooku, don't talk about the prequels. <laughs> They're forbidden in this space. Only the original trilogy. Uh, I got one more. Uh, All right, come on. Uh, there's uh, Mo Grand Marf Tarkin. Moff. Come on. Good enough. Good enough. Close enough. Okay, you're not. Yeah. You're pretty well versed on some of the. Um, oh my God! Yesterday, someone was quizzing me on Harry Potter, and I, I, I couldn't believe the name Mad Eye Moody and. Uh, I actually don't know anything. I could like I'd read the books, but anyway, yeah, my brain. I, we, if you're, are, do, are you a fan of Harry Potter? Do you like it? I like the third book and the third movie. The third movie is amazing. That's it. I only leave, saw the first three. Leave me there, like leave yeah. me, because I read the, I read the fifth book and then the sixth book i gave up because it just got long and complicated yeah. and then the movies came out and that's it after the yeah. third one it was like alfonso cuaron did a great job super good great movie dark and i was like okay i'm done yeah. and that was it i that ended was it. there yeah for sure and so for me it's a good trilogy i don't sure. there's like fucking eight movies yeah. i don't want to watch and all like eight. uh chris columbus i mean here's the guy we got to save for for the next time but his career is so like what is, okay we're yeah, shooting star career it's just like how did you like it's like you make some dump and then you somehow you you luck out yeah. here and his Chris fantasy. Columbus. There's that's a watch rewatch because there's a bunch of stuff that I'd like to rewatch, like Mrs. Doubtfire. I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Wow. Oh, yeah. that that movie's a fantasy too. Science fiction, yeah. like cross-dressing uh, unemployed actor living that in San actually, Francisco. That wouldn't play today. You couldn't do that today. But it's so magical that movie. You got the Howard Shore score with the, mm. uh, the, the 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 chimes and the piano and like the harp and like the the flute and it's just such a warm movie about divorce. Also and, in San Francisco. Also, well, yeah, go uh, like just yeah, the America is my. Money, right everyone yeah. lives in san francisco and yeah he didn't make, anyway that movie's a fantasy and he makes these like fantasies like harry potter and yeah. this doubtfire but then Home i was alone was that him yeah it was him okay but i like thinking about how a director's movies all take place in the same world right so like it's true because like john hughes has like the john universe where it's like 
like you know after school in the late 80s mid 80s where everybody has these big like it's and for me too every time i think of john hughes i think that's for me john hughes steven spielberg there's a certain kind of movie like the 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 like adventure movie with the kids after school and stuff and i think all because it was shot in like northern california or like some some neighborhood outside of la it all looks the same and it all has the same feel and there's always like nobody's ever at school nobody's ever at work the parents are never around and it's only the characters who are at home yeah, it's like that whole universe feels consistent in the 80s. And then I guess the Chris Columba-verse yeah. uh, is another one, which I haven't thought about. So that might be worth revisiting. Well, Home Alone is coming out, and I'm pretty effing sure this holiday season you're going to come across a Chris I, Columbus movie. I haven't seen Home Alone in quite some time, too, so that might be worth revisiting. I remember in, in the second one is shitty. But this, I, I mean, uh, I think they're both, they're both not good-for-you movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, they're both excellent to sit through and watch, and they're enjoyable, but they're yeah. not good for you movies. No, it's like mainlining a bag of sugar or something. Well, it's, uh, what? It's like real, like, you know, it's like saccharine, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. Oh, speaking of saccharine, I, I mean, we're going to tail this off, but I'm going to end this short, like Chris Farley's career, because I watched that Whoa! Chris, I watched that Chris Farley documentary oh, yesterday, boy. and that was 90 minutes of saccharine. It was like, Chris was a miracle. Chris was a great guy. Chris was a great guy. There was beer. Chris is a great guy. Oh. We got to SNL. Oh, there were some drinks. Chris is a great guy. So much talent. Oh, Chris, you know, had some problems. The end. Oh, they, he had a real dark side, though. Like they, they didn't talk about the coke. They didn't talk about the heart attack. They didn't talk about anything. They the just hookers. talked. They talked about just his talent and his starving for attention. And they and like for a documentary. I'm sorry, but this was just Chris Farley propaganda that I was yeah. just like not a fan of. No. I was watching it with Trevor, but like I just couldn't. David Spade and all these people talking about how great Chris Farley is, and after 80 minutes, I'm like. Are we? Is this just propaganda for Chris yeah. Farley? Because we know he was a great guy in some respects, but it'd be nice to get a a, a better picture of who he was. He, but I think his family was involved in making that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's it's one just, of his brothers. His brother is like the talking, the main talking head of that movie, yeah. and they do the so many cliche documentary things. It's like uh, the Kevin Farley's talking about growing up in the Midwest, and it's like you get close ups of the car driving around the neighborhood, and just oh, uh, and it was just they would just talk about all the nice things about Chris, and there was just never any shade there was never any like uh because i read the book about him which i think was by his brother which actually was a little bit darker okay and it had more of that so it's weird that they didn't they needed there was no there was no it was it was also one-sided and then like it was just so funny because you get spade you'd get lorne michaels you get myers and they would only ever talk about beer and drinking like specific, the only thing ever specifically brought up in terms of substance was like the word beer yeah and not the fact that he fucking loved speed balls or whatever I mean I don't know yeah. anything about that but if you go on IMDB it's like yeah. uh, uh, coronary asphyxiation and it's like yeah, he died by he, cocaine he or was, something it was a speed ball that and killed him and like he was doing that a lot when he was like in his later life not that you know not that I'm trying to like shit no. on him or anything no like it's not like Chris Farley needs a takedown he's dead no but like, and like but is, it would be nice to kind yeah. of get a, a broader picture of you know because it does if it's too one-sided why, why every make single person had nothing nothing but nice things to say about him and it was it just it did not anyway yeah why not talk to the women that he dated i hear that wasn't quite as good really there's yeah. a supermodel he was dating at the time of his death and she was like i loved him he was my favorite that was her real voice yeah oh yeah. anyway fucking chris farley god uh, god bless you you fat son of a bitch well uh, he that what was interesting was that i don't think the documentary was trying to get it across but it show just how much of a aggressive attention hog he was yeah like really just like yeah. really dominating very scenes. insecure too yeah, yeah well i mean that goes without saying like the yeah. john candy thing but like i mean you'd watch they were showing clips of him at like second city 
and like his physical comedy is just hit it's just go for broke like yeah. v- like self-sabotage in a way yeah absolutely but the, but the movie, anything for a laugh and then the movie or the documentary is like well that's just exactly anything for a laugh but they don't talk about they don't emphasize just how how far, far he'd go yeah yeah, yeah. Wow, I'm gonna have to check that out, man. Yeah, well, that was a terrible segue. What I just said, I feel terrible for saying it. Cutting. It's it. okay. We're gonna end it on a really depressing note. And <laughs> so, to the to the leechers, if you're feeling down, you're feeling blue. Good. That's how we're ending the show today. Fuck you. Goodbye. No, it's okay. No, it's fine. Yeah. Thanks for leeching. Thanks for leeching. Thanks for listening. And uh, this is Watch Rewatch. We'll be back next week uh, with some more stuff. Yeah. Rewatch you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>